Chapter Four of the Life of Kit Carson by Edward S. Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A week or more later, the trappers again reached the Colorado River. They had traveled at a leisurely pace, and once more they went into camp where they were familiar with the country. Men leading such lives as they were accustomed to all kinds of surprises but it may be doubted whether the trappers were more amazed in all their existence than when five hundred indian warriors made their appearance and with signs of friendship overran the camp before they could be prevented or checked the hunters did not know what to make of the proceeding and looked to carson for advice he had already discovered that the situation was one of the gravest danger despite the professions of friendship kit saw that each warrior had his weapons under his dress where he hoped they were not noticed by the whites still worse most of the hunters were absent visiting their traps only kit and a few of his companions being in camp the occasion was where it was necessary to decide at once what to do and then to do it without flinching among the red men was one who spoke spanish and to him carson addressed himself you must leave the camp at once if you don't do so without a minute's delay we shall attack you and each of us is sure to kill one warrior if not more these brave words accompanied by such determination of manner were in such contrast to the usual course of the cowardly mexicans that the indians were taken all aback they could not suspect the earnestness of the short sturdy framed leader nor could they doubt that though the indians would be sure to overwhelm the little band yet they would have to pay dearly for the privilege it took them but a few minutes to conclude the price was altogether too high and they drew off without making a hostile demonstration against the brave carson and his men the trappers worked their way down the colorado until they arrived at tidewater when they moved to the gila along which they trapped until they reached the mouth of the san pedro they were in sore need of horses with which to transport their furs and peltries that had become numerous and bulky while in this neighborhood they discovered a large herd of horses and mules in the possession of a few indians according to the morality of the border this property was legitimate prey but in point of fact when the trappers determined to take the animals from the aborigines they became thieves and robbers however it is not to be hoped that a single member of the company felt the slightest twinge of conscience when he rode at full speed yelling to the highest bent and helped scatter the terrified red men to the winds the entire herd fell into the hands of the whites and congratulating themselves on their good fortune they kindled a huge fire and encamped for the night most of the men had lain down with the intention of sleeping until morning and kit sat looking in the fire when his trained ear caught a peculiar sound at first it seemed to be the faint roll of distant thunder but he knew it was not he listened carefully and was able to tell the direction whence came the singular noise but remained uncertain as to its cause then as he had done many a time he leaned over and pressed his ear to the solid earth immediately the rumbling became more distinct and he recognized what it meant it was the tramp of numerous hoofs galloping forward 
Carson and several of his men stole noiselessly out to reconnaissance, and found a half-dozen warriors hurrying along a drove of more than a hundred horses. They had been on a raid among the Mexican settlements in Sonora, and were now returning home with their plunder. The temptation was one which Carson and his companions could not resist. They sent a volley from their rifles among the thieves, which threw them into such a panic that they dashed off at full speed without giving the least thought to their valuable property. The latter, as a matter of course, was taken charge of by the trappers, who were glad of the opportunity to chastise the cowardly marauders. Under the circumstances, however, the animals were of little value to the hunters, who had all they needed. It was beyond their power to return them to their owners, but the best were selected, several of the plumpest killed and cured, and the rest turned loose to go whither they chose. The trappers continued up the Gila until near the copper mines of New Mexico, where they found a party of white men trading with the Indians. The peltries were cached and placed in charge of their friends, while Carson and his companions continued on until they reached Santa Fe. There their employer bought a license to trade with the Indians, who lived near the copper mines. Then they went back, and procuring their furs, returned once more to Santa Fe, where they were sold for more than twenty thousand dollars. This, being equitably divided among the hunters, furnished each a goodly sum. Like so many sailors just ashore from a long voyage, most of the trappers went on a prolonged carousal, which caused their money to melt like snow in the sun. When their pockets were empty, they had aching heads, weak frames, and only the memory of their feverish pleasures. Kit Carson did not go through this trial unscathed. He drank and spreed with the rest, but he awoke to the folly and madness of his course sooner than they, and the sad lesson learned at the time lasted him through life. The baneful habit was not fastened upon him, and he not only acquired the mastery over self, but was able more than once to save others from falling into the whirlpool which has swept unnumbered multitudes to wretchedness and death. Carson found little in the way of congenial employment until the fall of the year, when he joined a second trapping expedition. The first had won him such a reputation for sagacity, daring, and skill that his services were always in demand, and those who were forming such enterprises sought him out among the very first. The new party was in charge of an experienced mountaineer who told Kit his intention was to trap along the principal streams of the Rocky Mountains. He was well acquainted with the region, and was confident that the expedition would not only be enjoyable and thrilling in the highest degree, but would prove profitable to all. The party traveled northward until they reached the Platte River, where the business began. They moved from stream to stream, as necessity demanded shooting such game as they needed, exchanging shots with the watchful red men, who killed four of the trappers while hunting bison, and steadily adding to their stock of furs until the close of the season in the spring of 1831. Learning that an old mountaineer named Captain Gaunt had spent the winter at Laramie River and was then at New Park, Kit Carson and four of his friends set out to join him. It was a long and perilous journey, but they made it in safety, and the captain gave them glad welcome. They hunted together for many months, following, until the captain went to Taos to sell his peltries. 
on his return operations were resumed until the weather became so cold they were forced into winter quarters the winter proved very severe the snow was so deep that only by cutting down numerous cottonwoods and using the bark and twigs for fodder were the animals saved from starvation fortunately they had laid in a good stock of bison meat so that the trappers themselves underwent no suffering for food in fact they found little to do except to pass the time in idleness with abundant food plenty of tobacco and the means of engaging in certain games they whiled away the long winter days and evenings until the signs of spring appeared but while the winds were moaning around their hut in which they made their home and the snow rattled like fine sand against the logs they were taught again that no weather is severe enough to keep the wily red man within his wigwam a party of crow indians discovered the camp of the trappers and one tempestuous night made them a stealthy visit they departed during the darkness and when they went away took with them nine of the very best horses of the hunters a loss too serious to be borne without using every recourse to prevent it end of chapter four